What's up, weirdos? I'm Heather. And I'm Josh. And this is Barrow Normal. How's it going, guys? So before we get into our topic, hopefully you can tell we sound more awesome because we got some fancy new microphones. Thanks to your brother. To my brother. Thank you, Glenn. Because so hopefully we sound nicer and more enjoyable for your earballs. The only thing is we won't know until <laughs> afterward because neither <laughs> one of us have headphones yet to monitor anything. So we'll just have to see how it goes. We will get this going one piece of equipment at a time, people. Word. And also, before we get into our topic, I wanted to address, for those of you that aren't aware, the last Saturday in September of every year has become National Ghost Hunting Day. <laughs> but so we, you know, decided we had to go do something. We're a freaking paranormal podcast. We have to go do some ghost hunting on National Ghost Hunting Day. I know. What did we do? So, <laughs> like I wasn't there. I know, right? So we decided to go to Nelson, Nevada, and it was—it's actually quite funny because Josh and I both have lived in Las Vegas for I want to say at least twenty years. All the years. A lot of years, and neither one of us have been to Nelson before, and it's about forty-five minutes away. It's Super really cool, not. Though. Yeah, it's not far, but um. So yeah, the main thing that I want to discuss, there's a, there is a, a, um, a cool mine there. We did a mine tour and I'm sure Josh will want to talk about that a little bit, but the thing that intrigued me the most is everywhere you go in the small town of Nelson, there are signs everywhere. That's like, do not come here at night. Do not stay here past like five o'clock. If you see that we're closed, keep driving through and I just thought that was, you know, I know there are stupid people. They got signs saying it's because of stupid people. But I thought it was interesting because I'm like, what happens at night? I know. It was like, it was really weird. It, it, it was very aggressively telling you not to be there at night. Aggressive. Which made me want to be there more. Yes. I wanted to drive through at night and just stop the car. <laughs> Possibly armed. Not to <laughs> offend the townspeople, mind you. And if the townspeople are listening, that's not what we're saying. No. It's just intrigued me in a way that anything, you know, when you don't have an answer to anything, just like the reason we go ghost hunting, we're trying to find answers. I have more questions than answers with that town after I left. <laughs> it, it's just, just don't come here at night. We're not going to tell you why. Yes. Which makes me think they're like probably some cool, like, like demon hunters <laughs> by night and like demons attack that town every like my mind goes nuts like all i think about especially if i have no answers i'm like well what are they doing it's, it's like you're a writer or something um i mean i wish <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah so what's our topic today my friend well today we're gonna go into a little bit of a history back east so we're going back to pennsylvania so would you say this was your hometown hunt kind of like my hometown hunt yeah the first part of my life i was i spent a lot of time in pennsylvania um my dad took me around to a lot of places and and i know uh we've talked about the house that i used to live in that was mm -hmm. over 100 i think 120 years old with the crystal doorknobs right crystal doorknobs and skeleton keys and all that fun stuff yeah um pennsylvania and especially kind of where i was from it's pretty well known that the, you know things happen and there's always eerie things going on and i can imagine as i'm going through some research uh for today's thing uh it, it's kind of interesting to me because i'm seeing more stuff online about 
the haunting and the, yeah. and, and the ghosts and the spirits that are there. Um, a big part of living out there for me, which I always thought was really interesting and I've talked about um, before, was Gettysburg. Oh, yes. Gettysburg is probably one of the most haunted places that I could ever think of for the sheer reason that thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of soldiers yeah. died in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Three days. God. The war, the battle of Gettysburg. Was yeah. Fought. fought and won in three days. Eh, you could call it winning, I guess. Yeah. You know, but it, it, it's, Much of a it's win. just insane. Um, and if you don't know a lot about Gettysburg, because I grew up there, so it, we've come to learn that it seems like if you grow up in a certain area, then you only learn the history of that area. Yeah, real detailed versions of right. that for sure. Like how, how like you're from Hawaii, so you learned all about Hawaii. A lot. But at the time, I was from the East Coast. I didn't know what Hawaii even was, barely. <laughs> we barely knew it was a state, just as you've mentioned before. Right, people still. And yeah. that's truth, you know. But I grew up in one of the first 13 colonies. Yeah, that's cool. So we learned about that kind of history and the battles that were fought there and the lives that were lost. And, and that's the knowledge I want. Yeah. Give so, it. so I'm going to just give a little bit of tidbits of the Battle of Gettysburg. And I'm getting this directly off of history.com. Ooh. Um, I like the way that they kind of put this story. And so I'm going to just kind of really start at the Battle of Gettysburg because the Battle of Gettysburg, literally, like I said earlier, was literally three days long. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> it was some of the most brutal fighting that you can imagine in that three-day period, and the amount of lives that were losses lost were were unbelievable. Horrendous. So, yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna read this kind of word for word here. Upon learning that the army of the Potomac was on its way, Lee, General Lee planned to assemble his army in a prosperous crossroads down or town of Gettysburg. 35 miles southwest, southwest, southwest of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> not, not southwest. Southwest. One of the Confederate divisions in the AP Hills Command approached the town in search of supplies early on July 1st, only to find that the two Union Cavalry Brigades had arrived the previous day as the bulk of both armies headed towards Gettysburg. Confederate forces led by Hill and Richard Yule were able to drive the outnumbered federal defenders back through town to Cemetery Hill, located a half a mile south. Seeking to press his advantage before more Union troops could arrive, Lee gave discretionary orders to attack Cemetery Hill to Yule, who had taken command of the Army of the Northern Virginia's Second Corps after Lee's most trusted general, Thomas J. Stonewall Jackson, was mortally wounded at Chancellorville. Yule declined to order the attack, considering the federal position too strong. His resistance would earn him many unfavorable comparisons to the Great Stonewall. By dusk, a Union Corps under Winfield Scott Hancock had arrived and extended the defensive line along Cemetery Ridge to the hill known as Little Round Top. Three more Union Corps arrived overnight to strengthen his defenses. That was day one of the Battle of Gettysburg. Day two, as the next day dawned, the Union Army had established strong positions from Culp's Hill to Cemetery Ridge. Lee assessed his positions and determined against the advice of defensively-minded second-in-command James Longstreet to attack the Federals where they stood. He ordered Longstreet to 
lead an attack on the Union left while Ewell's corps would strike right near Culp's Hill. Though his orders were to attack as early in the day as possible, Longstreet did not get his men into position until 4 p.m. when they opened fire on the Union Corps commanded by Daniel Sickles. Over the next several hours, bloody fighting raged along Sickles' line, which stretched from the nest of borders, or excuse me, nest of boulders known as Devil's Den into a peach orchard, as well as in a nearby wheat field and on the slopes of Little Round Top. Thanks to the fierce fighting by one Marine regiment, the Federals were able to hold Little Round Top, but lost the orchard, field, and Devil's Den. Sickles himself was seriously wounded. Ewell's men had advanced on the Union forces at Culp's Hill and East Cemetery Hill in coordination with Longstreet's 4 p.m. attack, but Union forces had stalled their attack by dusk. Both armies suffered extreme heavy losses on July 2nd, with 9,000 or more casualties on each side. The combined casualty total from two days of fighting came to nearly 35,000, the largest two-day toll of the war. I was... So in this three days, it was get, get preparing, getting everybody in position, and then the attack. And then it was, the attack was so brutal and so bloody. So anyways... The reason I wanted to kind of get to that part was the reason people believe that Gettysburg is so haunted is because of the loss of life that there was. Mm -hmm. it, the second day of the war, there were 35,000 troops that were lost. A lot of them were literally the next day lying there in pain and agony, still just waiting to die or waiting to be helped. Yeah, and that there's like no good medical back right, then yeah. either. I mean, so you're... yeah, it's st stick a thumb in it, and hopefully you, you're you're fine. But uh, <laughs> so it, it, you know, you have so much tragedy there in such a short amount of time. So much blood. Now, when I say there's so much blood, the earth is stained with the blood of the troops there. Ugh. When you go through the fields there, which you can, there are still. You can still find the bullets. It's like the old ball and powder bullets. That's weird that it would still exist. Like, shouldn't... Because there's so much of it. They could not get it all back up. Oh, man. So when my experience is when I'm there, I've had, like I've said, like I've said, I've heard cannons yeah. there as a child. I've heard, um, like, drums in wow. the distance. Like, the, like, a, like it sounded like a drummer boy. Wow. You'd hear that in the distance of, in the fields. And you would just hear these weird things. And if you just sit there and be quiet and listen to all these things that are there, it, it's amazing, you know, and, and, and there's so much history there in, in and around Pennsylvania, in the fields of Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. in the woods of Pennsylvania. I told you as well, when me and my dad used to go hunting as a child, we would find Native American arrowheads everywhere. Yeah. Just picking them up everywhere. And it's not like somebody's making these and tossing them out. These are arrowheads that were from that era. Wow. You know, that's, so, yeah, that's definitely a bucket list. For yeah. Me. So you've got like all this history in this town or not even in this town, in, in the state, because it's the thir first 13 colonies. You know? Right. Right. The West is still very young. Oh, yeah. Battles weren't really you know, fought there. Nevada only just made like 100 years. Right. I think maybe 20 or 30 years ago, something like that. Right. It wasn't very long. I had a house older than the state. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yep. So that, that's, that's a crazy thought to think of. So... With all of that, with all that energy that's there, it's no wonder that you're seeing 
spirits. Oh yeah. You know, you're, 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 you see things walking in the fields. You see people have reported to see entire troops line up. So do you think in that instance that it's like what's going on there is residual that, or that it's also partly people are stuck reliving uh, that over? I over. think in my experience, I think it's a lot of almost like a, like a residual. I think there was so much energy there and I'm not sure what is in, in the, the ground out mm -hmm. there, but I, I do believe that there is so much energy out there wow. that it's just a residual thing playing off. Because why would you hear the cannon still? Why would you hear the gunfire still? Why would you hear the drumming still? Right. It's like it's starting back over for those three days. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, you hear the drummers because they're lining up. Are there certain times of the year that, that this happens or is it just constant? I don't know if there's certain times. I, I'd be interested to find out, especially if it was like around july 1st 2nd right and 3rd, right yeah you know if that was actually it, more active because that's when the when the war was happening exactly um so that's definitely one thing we're gonna have to do when we go back out there but there's so many other when i go out for there for the first time because he has never taken me out there <laughs> but there's so many other things out there besides gettysburg like gettysburg is such a cool place to visit and experience that obviously please pay respect Oh, of course. You know, you know, people died on that land. And I'm sure there's probably some intelligent hauntings there, too. Yeah. I haven't seen that in Gettysburg, but I've seen it in other areas, you know, in Pennsylvania. There's even there's always those folklore in, in these old towns. Like, I mean, we've heard it in, in Illinois. We've heard it on the, the in all the Midwest. You always hear these stories where people are like, oh, we parked our car on the railroad tracks. Oh, I love this story. And, you know these kids pushed our car over the railroad tracks mm -hmm. and, and they put powder on their, their, their bumper and you can see the hands. Yeah. Well, that was a story I grew up with in Pennsylvania. Okay. You know, and come to find out that was a story my cousins grew up with in Illinois. Wow. That was also a story I've heard in other States all over the country. Mm -hmm. So everybody has these stories. So th are these things happening? Or is it is it just folklore? I, they definitely. I feel like they definitely happened somewhere, right? And then states just possibly took it on as their right. own. So, like the thing about Gettysburg that that gets me, and we've talked again about. Mm -hmm. I, I knew somebody that had a lot of collectibles. Oh yeah, from the Civil War, from Gettysburg. Yep. And that energy is still in all those items. Yeah. And I know that because those items have been thrown at me. <laughs> we've we, we've seen them thrown. We've felt them thrown. And it, it's just this energy is still there. Yeah, totally. And, and, and it, I mean, you walk around the fields of Gettysburg and it's almost guaranteed you're going to find stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, I can't even imagine. Yeah. People are probably still finding things. Yeah. So I know you did some some research and everything. I did. What did you find out? So I unintentionally... Well, the first one was intentional, but the second one, which I will probably tell after you tell a second one, was unintentionally connected to me in a way. So I chose this first one on purpose. So off topic, 2020 was a hard year for everyone. <laughs> right. Um, Mid-year for me, what's, what actually got me through some really tough mental health problems was when Hamilton, the musical, was released on Disney+. Plus. Mm -hmm. And it sounds stupid, but uh, I, I, we just sat there and we would watch it like literally over and over and over again because the 
the costumes, the music, the stage. I mean, everything about that musical was phenomenal to me just watching it and it diverted my mind from things and I would just keep watching it and then I learned the music and I would sing the songs and then we would listen to the soundtrack if we didn't watch the movie oh yeah we watched it all over and over and over and over it was like our favorite thing it got us through some stuff when we didn't have the money to pay for therapy (laughs) (laughs) so uh, I decided to choose the Aaron Burr house, um, which I think is also called the Aaron Burr bed and breakfast. Yes, I think it was. And obviously Aaron Burr, for those of you that don't know or haven't um, learned, well, I learned anything from the musical or history. Cause honestly, I only knew if you were born like in the or if you had watched TV or anything in the early 90s and you watched that one commercial where the guy had all this like memorabilia, this Aaron Burr memorabilia all up all over his house. Like he was crazy obsessed with Aaron Burr and this was his radio station. And they're like, who shot Alexander Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. And it was like a radio thing. He bit into like a peanut butter sandwich and he gets the phone call and he has to try and say it. And he's like, oh, I'm on. He can't say it. And that's the only thing as a child that I remembered about Aaron Burr, which is really sad because this is what we're talking about. I didn't learn really. We just learned general basic 13 colonies knowledge, not any of the stuff that happened with Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, besides the fact that they dueled and he killed him. Right. So when I saw Hamilton, it also encouraged me to go out and learn further because I was like, well, obviously all of this isn't accurate. You know, it's it's essentially an artist's representation, just like a painting would be. Right. And I was like, okay, well, let me find out the truth. And I started reading stuff about it. And this is a very long sidebar. But the reason I'm bringing this up is why I was interested and chose Aaron Burr, because I love all of that and I got really excited and I wanted to learn more. So this house actually was never Aaron Burr's house. Really? Really. As far as uh, what I've read said. So how um, did they, how did they why did they call it the Aaron Burr house? Though? This house supposedly housed um some very good friends of Aaron Burr and he stayed there multiple times but the most notable stay was when he stayed there for about a week after he killed Alexander Hamilton. Okay. In the duel in 1804. Mm. But the duel was legal in case, if you don't know, dueling was legal back in the day, especially in Weehawken, New Jersey. Because everything's <laughs> legal in New Jersey. <laughs> I was just about to say it. <laughs> Everything is legal in New Jersey. Anyway, I really love that musical. It makes me happy. Sorry. So, uh, side story that is sad. Um, after Aaron Burr lost Theodosia, um, he ended up marrying a second woman. Uh, she was a widow of, uh, last name was Jumel, I think you say it, but her name was Eliza Jumel. Okay. She actually disliked him so much that she divorced him. And on the day the divorce was final was the day Aaron Burr died. Oh my gosh. Like that just, I just, I don't, I don't know. Aaron, Aaron Burr makes me sad, especially when I watch Leslie Odom play him. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I feel so, I can't. He looks so sweet and innocent. <laughs> but Leslie Odom paid, played him with so much passion. It oh, was like gosh. the best thing ever. We're going to get sidetracked on Hamilton musical. You shouldn't have brought it up because I'm totally talking about him. Now. I'm so, I, I just love it so much. Anyway, okay. So the cool thing is about this place, as I mentioned, it is now a bed and breakfast. So you can actually stay there. 
Um, so again, adding to bucket list. But the cool thing is um, Aaron Burr actually tends to be seen at the Aaron Burr bed and breakfast. Really? Yes. You found some good stuff out. I think you found way better stuff than I did. I was so excited because, you know, for me, uh, Pennsylvania is very large on my bucket list. The entire East Coast right. is huge on my bucket list. I actually sassed Josh the other day for going, we've been together like closer to 20 years than 10. Why have I not been <laughs> to Pennsylvania? <laughs> for real. But yes, yeah, so he tends to be seen on the second floor. And okay. walking up and down the second floor staircase, but he likes to hang out in the second, like on the second floor. Interesting. And um, basically, they see him like well walking up it, and then he's like perusing the second floor, kind of looking around, checking things out. Um, I went on the actual bed and breakfast's website, and it was super cute because it's saying saying stuff like. He's he must be pleased with the fact that they named this house after him and stuff mm. like he seems real pleased with the facility. Right. And I think that's cute because, you know, he was kind of a hated man for a lot of his alive time. Oh, one would one would say. And so it's probably nice to see that people are are learning the what what happened and maybe seeing a different side and not seeing him so much as the villain. Right. Because, you know, there's three sides to every story <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and um i guess supposedly when he likes someone he will tug on their clothes to try to get them to stay mm. and if you don't want him to tug on your clothes anymore according to dan asfar author of ghost stories of pennsylvania you must tell him mr burr please let me leave and then he will stop tugging your clothes wow so again bucket weird. list because i'd want to but think about it it's not weird because if your clothes are being tugged on that means aaron burr likes you and wants you to hang out a little longer he's like come talk to me Let's he's be like intellectuals. hey i can see maybe you have a softer side for me can i talk to you because remember aaron burr was very intelligent yeah but he should really learn to smile more oh talk less <laughs> talk less smile <laughs> oh my more. god this is gonna be so bad anyway so uh there's also though in the town that the bed and breakfast is located in um which i believe it was new hope pennsylvania i believe that would be a town in pennsylvania for sure yes so i, I, I didn't write that down i apologize but i was trying to keep my notes brief and use my own verbiage uh to reword everything <laughs> so apparently he has also been seen around town walking around town and then looking behind him as if he's being followed. So really? that could be a residual Aaron Burr, I feel. Like, oh, like he like somebody's out to get him still. Yeah, like he like it was that week that he was staying there after he had killed Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. And when he would walk around town, I'm sure he would always be checking behind him because it was like a mob. They wanted to kill him after that. You know, Alexander Hamilton I think outside of being like ruined politically he ruined himself politically i think he was a fairly loved individual in that town oh yeah for sure so when he killed him aaron burr was quite hated and i think to me that feels residual yeah him looking behind him yeah that's crazy though to think about like in all of that like after everything that happened in in that 
scenario and, and mm-hmm. he's now passed and gone yeah and the poor guy is still looking still over his shoulder. still afraid she's so no rest no and if anyone has been to the aaron burr house or aaron burr bread and be- mm-hmm. bread bed and breakfast bread I'm, and i'm bed not best. hungry i had a giant like poke bowl i am not <laughs> hungry i don't know why i'm thinking about bread anyway aaron burr bed and breakfast if you have had experiences or you know if you're from there i might even try and reach out like tell us some stories i'm curious i am so intrigued by all of that stuff i want to go and and learn everything i can about it so if you've got some stories please send them to me i must read them right i got very excited sorry Ooh, that was exciting i know Ooh. so i bet you have another story so i'm gonna kind of go off book here a little Ooh. bit and i'm gonna kind of just talk about some of the stories that i grew up yes when when i lived in pennsylvania i like this um i for a a little bit of time i lived in this uh place called peckway okay peckway pennsylvania and around me were there was a soybean farms and koi farm or koi soybean farms and corn fields i was like oh i like koi fish koi fields don't exist (laughs) corn farms fields corn yes so anyways yes we get the point words but so my house was really kind of on this little street and there was like i had another house maybe a little bit down the ways but they weren't very close together like you had acreage between your houses okay um so behind me was just a an always a field of soybeans and in front of me was corn wow so you're kind of in the middle of nowhere and growing up you hear all the stories about the fields right now i would always go through the soybean field and, and keep in mind i'm like 10 11 years old and i would just be on my own because this is the 80s and for for someone like actually me, i was younger Go oh ahead. god for someone like me who like the only uh f- like plants i saw they're all tropical and stuff no really farm stuff besides sugarcane yeah what do like our soy plant soybean plants taller than corn stalks no 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 so t- corn was definitely the tallest the okay. soybeans i think probably came up to my or the the plants would come up to about my waist maybe a little bit higher so you could be seen if you went into the soybean yeah but farm. i could duck down if i wanted to. okay okay yeah, so, i was just trying to yeah. get a visual but I, w- I would walk through the soybean uh field to go to this little patch of forest okay and and i I, now that I'm thinking back, I was probably closer to eight or nine. <laughs> Armed with a slingshot and a BB gun. Oh, God. Out to just do Dennis the Menace stuff, <laughs> you know? So I'm out there, and, and this was normal. Like, there was there was a little creek by our house and everything. So we could a kinda, what? A, a little stream <laughs> called a creek. <laughs> I love it. So there was a little creek back there, and, and I would always go hang out back there because I was like the... That's nice. The, I bet it was beautiful. It was fun, yeah. But I would like shoot my little BB gun at cans or whatever I could find okay. or, you know, and do all that fun stuff. Um, but we're always told not to go into the cornfields. Well, yeah, because children are the corn. Well, yeah, that and... Um, Malachi. Right? <laughs> no. So, well, one, you don't want to go into cornfields because it's really easy to get lost. Oh, uh, yes. Because you lose your sense of direction. Totally. Um, two, you never want to run through a cornfield because when the stalks get cut, they are like daggers coming up out of the ground Ugh. and it's very common people get impaled you always when i was growing up there i'd always hear like oh somebody was out in the field and fell over and got impaled or some kid was running through this field and fell through the, and got impaled it seems it seems odd to me that there would be um you know that that there would there would be that you know that they would keep running knowing that they could be impaled and get injured it's the 80s and, and kids are kids 
Yeah, you I know, guess. We, we did everything. That's why they have shows like Stranger Things. And it was always kids, wasn't it, getting oh, yeah. themselves we, we injured? We were always out there. But, but the thing that we would um, hear the most was that you could not go into the fields like at night because there was you'd always hear like there was stuff going down shit was going down in the fields it like would, what seances there would, oh. be, there would be like weird clearings in the field I, so i remember one time my dad and i would we'd go out and he'd like he liked to hunt so he'd take me out and we, we were going hunting and and we found this little clearing and sure enough there's like corn stalks and you know they they were laid down and everything mm-hmm. so I mean, obviously there was something that went down there and first we we're thinking okay maybe there was an animal that made a bed here or something like that usually deer would do that in fields okay um but then we saw blood on the, the stalks oh no so we're like god only knows what happened out there but you would always hear this right yeah so the 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 thing about it was pennsylvania's it, it's great it's a great environment to make things scary. Oh God. Because you're in the middle of nowhere. A lot of times there's fields everywhere. And when I would look out my backyard, all I would see were eyes looking back at me. Well, because it was a field. Yeah. But you, and I'm going, Hmm. Okay. I've got these eyes looking back. So you would think they were probably deer or something. We get binoculars and look out and not see anything. What? You just see the eyes. Was it the pants ghosts? <laughs> Maybe the pants ghosts. <laughs> but like, I mean, crazy things like that. We'd, we'd see we'd see eyes in the fields. Oh. Um, my dad always had these spotlights on the side of his truck so we could drive and spot. Like we would see if we could see deer. And growing up there, you know the difference between deer eyes and you know the difference between weird glowy eyes. Yeah. Deer eyes are reflective. They 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 reflect back at you in a different way. Okay. These weird glowy eyes didn't really they they didn't seem to move like animals oh weird they'd float around a little bit weird so weird things we would see back there what do you think it was like those weird cryptid things i don't know what was back there it was in the woods yeah well it was in the soybean field before the woods it was like they were peeking out of the woods oh see that was like that one do you remember that most haunted that we watched where it was like that weird looking almost demon looking thing that kept kind of hopping out and mm-hmm. hopping back in the edge of the woods and was like trying to, there was like a horse or some, or cow, I think chewing on grass. And that is, a, that's a thing Ugh. about it. Like there's, there's so much that you can't see Ugh. because of your environment. So when something pops out at you, it's scary. Yeah. For you real? know, it, I mean, there, there was just crazy, crazy things like that going on. That's scary. Yeah. That's see, and that's the stuff I don't. I don't like not being able to see and know so <laughs> what's it's, going it's, on. It's not always haunted. It's just scary shit. Yeah, who yeah. knows what's in the woods? Right, and and when you you know you were hearing all these stories of witchcraft going on, things exactly. like that. The East Coast. What else is on the East Coast? There's all kinds of crazy things. Doesn't on the East even Coast. have to be witchcraft. It could be you walked it. Someone made their home in the woods. Mm-hmm. And you stepped in their living room. Well, guess oh, what? Oh yeah, <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah, it is. so we'd find stuff like that. But I'll let you go into another one. Oh man, um, I'm excited about this. All right, this go for one. it. Go for it. All right, I think everyone's gonna be excited about this one. So, Eastern State penitentiary Ooh, bucket list Woo-hoo! totally a bucket list and cool sidebar which i'm sure everyone in pennsylvania knows uh but they now do like haunted nights in eastern state Pen- penitentiary for like 
um, late September through early November, essentially for the, you know, like Halloween season. Mm -hmm. They have 15 total attractions throughout the whole thing. They even have um, a speakeasy. It's called the speakeasy at Al Capone's cell. It's inside of Al Capone's cell. What? Yeah. Like you can do this whole thing. You can do um, after dark flashlight tours in cell block three. Like they have a whole thing set up for the Halloween season. Wow. So yeah, not only could you go and do that on a bucket list, but you can have all kinds of crazy Halloween experiences too. So that I think was amazing because it's essentially what they're doing is still trying to raise money to keep it going i would assume absolutely but so anyway um eastern state penitentiary just i got a little bit of history on it um it opened in 1929 Mm -hmm. and closed january of 1970 fun fact because i did not plan this but this also has a hamilton connection really yes it does all these all things tied to hamilton In 1926, before the Eastern State Penitentiary penitentiary (laughs) opened while they were still constructing it, the Marquis de Lafayette visited. Oh, Lafayette? Yeah. Guns and Ships. I'm not going to do that rap. I don't think either one of us could do it. We can't do Guns and Ships. No. We can just say Guns and Ships. Guns and Ships. Um, But yeah, I thought that was so cool. I read that and I was like, I am writing this down. Marquis de Lafayette visited. How exciting is that? That's super cool. It didn't explain why he visited or why he was interested in it. So who knows? And that was before it was the the Eastern State. Yeah, they were building it. And um, while they were building it in 1926, because it opened in 1929, that's when he visited was in 1926. Maybe he was like, you know what? I got this guy now. His name is Aaron Burr. (laughs) No, no. He's probably like. (laughs) Hamilton. Hamilton was probably a little bit crazier for sure. Yeah. So also real quick um, side fact. The first inmate, his name was Charles Williams, and he was in for two years for burglary. I Mm. just thought that that was kind of an interesting. In a penitentiary. That's weird. Yeah. Like an asylum. Well, you know, back then you. Put them where you can get them. They were putting children in jail. They were putting females in institutions for being teenagers for hysteria and stuff. So they didn't really know what they were doing back then. And to add yet another, because I know Hamilton is a musical, but technically I saw it as the movie. So to add yet another movie reference, guess what movie they filmed in Eastern State Penitentiary? What? 12 Monkeys, dude. Oh, that okay. That makes yeah, total sense. They turned part of it into a mental institution that and totally filmed that, that part of 12 Monkeys in there, which is fascinating to me because I loved 12 Monkeys. I loved the weird, like, traveling, yeah, time travel stuff about it. And then, of course, they use this creepy penitentiary that has all kinds of stuff going on in it. So I just, so I thought creepy. that was so cool. Absolutely. So anyway, the stuff that I have is real kind of general. There's a, a lot of um, random stuff that happens in there. I think for me, I want my own experiences. Mm-hmm. But um, there is quite a bit that has happened. Uh, Guests claim to see someone in the guard tower, but the guard towers haven't been able to be accessed in a long time because the stairs have crumbled off. Okay. So literally no one can even access the guard towers, but they say sometimes people will see someone in the guard towers. Okay. Um, They hear whispering, giggling, and weeping. And... The second floor was the woman's cell block. There 
um, was a woman that sits in the last cell on the second floor wearing white that people say they see, and they have nicknamed her the soap lady. There's always a woman in white. There's a whole thing. They're called like women in white. It's a whole thing. But isn't, isn't that weird how like it, it kind of brings me back to that folklore stuff. Like no matter where you go, people have similar stories. My very first ghost sighting was a woman in white. I know. I remember you telling <laughs> me about it. Like it's just interesting to me. And you know what's weird is that people are always uh, I was afraid of the woman in white. Most people are afraid of the woman in white, but they always tell you to be afraid of the dark shadows. So why are we afraid of the of the white shadows? Right. And the thing that I have I have to question as well is if if this is happening in more than one place and there's more than one account of this story mm-hmm. all over the country. Right. There's got to be more to that. It can't oh, yeah. just be like, oh no, this is all coincidence. It has to be something's happening. We need to look in further into this. Right. And then my question is, where are the ghosts of our time? Right. I want to start like they're gonna be they're gonna show up 60 years from now. Like, has someone seen Tupac? <laughs> I would I would like to see yeah, he's if, in the Cayman Islands. Would, would he would he still be like Tupac or is it going to be like, do you know, like because all these women in white, they can't all be roaming around in white and right. wailing and sad, you know, yeah. like. But I guess if you're happy, you're not stuck. Well, when I come back <laughs> as a ghost, I'm haunting everybody. And you're going to know because I'm going to do funny shit all the time. Do you know what I'm going to do what? when I come back? Do you remember? Uh, and here's another movie reference because I can't help myself. In Beetlejuice, when he's trying to get her to guess the name, and she's looking in the little model, and he's like, "Look over your shoulder, yeah. or whatever." And it's the <laughs> it's the cockroach yeah. on the couch, and he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Like, I would do that shit. No, oh, yeah, totally. I would prop a, a cockroach on a couch and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> like some stupid stuff. I would like love that. to be like be a ghost like that if like, we come back like I that. I would. I would just come back and be me. Why would I want to float around in white and be like? <laughs> Anyway, so off topic as usual. Right. So this one's actually uh, my favorite and most sad story to me for Eastern State Penitentiary. So Al Capone stayed in Eastern State Penitentiary for some time. Mm -hmm. And they say that either every night or most nights he would let out a blood curdling scream and beg someone named Jimmy to leave him alone what and the story goes that they believe that it's uh, a person named jimmy clark who was apparently one of the individuals that al capone had ordered killed during the saint valentine's massacre Ooh. and supposedly once al capone left eastern state penitentiary jimmy still followed him it was said that he still was being tormented by jimmy Wow. So in the last years of Al Capone's life, he lived in a mental institution. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it that drove him nuts. Yes. Yeah, so that one to me is like Al Capone did fucked up shit. So I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, it's like kind of sad because, you know, no one deserves to be driven mad. Right. That's just like that's got to be. Cr- but he killed that person. So he probably deserved that fate. <laughs> he killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I know. He killed a lot of people. So anyway, it, but it's just like. That stuff is just is just crazy to me when you hear those those stories because like the fate of the rest of his living life was in the hands of a spirit. Right. According to this story. Right. 
He was tormented. He literally did nothing else with the rest of his life but be crazy in a mental institution because of Jimmy. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. That stuff when it when it when it's when people say that it's not real. When people are are skeptics, and you know, I agree, it's good to be skeptics. But when something like that happens, how do you explain that? And maybe he had mental health issues. I don't know, but right. I don't know. There's a fine line to me between mental health and like, are you possessed? <laughs> is something haunting you? <laughs> right. Is is there a little spirit on your shoulders weighing you down? Well, because really, what what would be someone acting crazy and having mental health issues could also be explained away as maybe they just are possessed well and it's like you say sometimes you got to take it from a different angle and look at things differently yeah maybe it's not just the solution because the things that we knew were as insane and crazy behavior back in the day is no longer treated as crazy behavior yeah you're not lobotomizing people all the time you know that was going on left and right it was they're not doing that kind of stuff anymore because we now knew no we we have new information So yeah, that's that's my information for Eastern State Penitentiary. Well, you kind of segued for me because you brought up Beetlejuice, and, yes. and in Beetlejuice there is the um, I'm pretty the, sure we've the said the red it like bridges, three times now. the red bridges. Oh God, I love those so hard. So those are a thing in Pennsylvania. Yes. And one of the stories I also grew up with was, and, and I'm not sure which covered bridge, but I'm, I'm, there's probably a story for just about every one of them. I'm sure these old old dark red covered bridges. They look like little barns that you go over over every every little the creeks and streams. Yeah, wasn't there one of those in that horrifying movie we watched, The Empty Man? That movie made me so ill. So, well, one of the stories is again like the railroad tracks. Mm -hmm. If you were to stop or stall in there, something will push you across and get you to the other side of the bridge. Okay, that's a nice one. That's a good one. Yes. Well, that brought me to thinking. I'm like, okay. Well, I remember growing up in Lancaster County that. Um, we had those bridges. I remember seeing them around. Yeah, I don't remember if they were in in Lancaster or not. But I so I wanted to look up haunted stuff in Lancaster, see if there was stuff that that I could find. Okay, I found it. <laughs> um, the actual like no no no. I, oh, I found the haunts. Oh, the haunts. All right. So this little place that I lived in Lancaster County, they have the Holdeman Mansion haunted. Fulton Theater, haunted. Bouvet's Brewery, haunted. Rail- Railroad House Inn, haunted. Wow. Historic Rockford, haunted. Franklin and Marshall College, haunted. It goes on and on and on. So it's just insane that all these are happen- happening out there. And then again, it leads me back to going, okay, well, obviously, all this history is there. Yep. People are seeing this plane over and over. I think there is a lot of residual hauntings in pennsylvania yeah I wonder because what's of all in the histories the, there in the in the in the ground and the rocks and stuff there what's in them now rocks <laughs> what, what, what's in the ground out there the ground is ground south. South. the ground but, south yeah. so one of the things I, I i wanted to kind of go over real quick was the one that interested me the most was fulton theater so it was yes. one of the oldest theater did you have you heard about fulton theater? no but i really wanted you to talk about it because it had theater in it oh, okay <laughs> well it, it it wasn't always a theater there. It was uh there, there's been all kinds of reports of hauntings dating back to before the theater was even erected. Erected. But before <laughs> yeah, right? We're, we're twelve. Uh that that's why this is working so well. <laughs> uh, but before it was actually a theater, it was the Lancaster Jail. <gasps> oh my 
I shut the front door. More notably was the location of the Paxson Boys Massacre. Oh, God. Where they murdered the last of the Conestoga Indians. What? Yeah. In that theater? Like it, on the it, land it of that? It was a jail. Again, before it was a theater. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, where yeah. basically where yeah, the so land. That, that, was a, that was the scene. I, oh I don't know. I, I mean, it might have been in one of the jails or something like that. But there was a, a massacre there. Ugh. The Paxton Boys Massacre. And they, they were, they, that was, I, I believe, the one of the, or some of the last of the remaining Conestoga Indians. And the reason I also brought that up was I used to also live in a town called Conestoga. Okay. And so I knew about those Indians. And like, that's why, again, we would find these arrowheads everywhere. They, there was they got rid Indian. of an entire race of Indians? I mean, I don't think they did it all by themselves. Or Native but, Americans? But, but yeah, they, they were, got rid of some of the remaining last ones, yeah. Gosh. From from the stories that I've heard. See, and this is like, I mean, obviously, I know the general slaughter of an entire Native American people, but like... And now the place is a theater. I mean, for real. You this know? is, I mean, we literally just finished watching the Poltergeist series because we've been doing haunted movies for a couple weeks now in preparation for Halloween, even though it's not even October as right. we film this. <laughs> but that's this, I say this every time, but this is the stuff that reminds me is like, you know, in the first one where he's like, you only move the headstones, you didn't move the body. Like, I mean, I guess you have no other choice because blood is spilt everywhere, but it's like, oh my God. Well, in Gettysburg, even, yeah. you go back to there, there's mass graves. There, They have, uh, gosh, there, there was one grave, I think it was called like the hole or like the pit or something like that. And it's literally a mass grave of unknown soldiers. Oh, gosh. So just think about that. Oh, so everybody's got their, their idea yes, yes, of yes. how they want to rest in peace. Right, right. You're not resting in peace in a mass grave. No. You're not even identified. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody's visiting you. Yeah, I'm sure they, every, every single one of those souls are wandering. And they they, they were soldiers. Granted, a lot, those ones in the pit are a lot of the soldiers that fought for the other side. But they were people. They had They're families. People, they yeah. had. Uh, they were husbands. They were uncles. They were fathers. They were told to fight that war, probably just like any other war. Right. And they were told what to believe. And, right. And they thought they were, they thought they were fighting for the right thing. Oh, that's so you know? sad. And you got to think of bring it back to that. Like at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all believe what we believe. We we believe these things because this is what we're taught. This is what we, we learn over time. And back then, this was the 1800s, right? Right. Those, they were probably children. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there was many, many children fighting that war. I mean, you know, major the generals and stuff of that time were the men that just lived military like right. and lived their lives in that. But the, when they started out, the soldiers were boys well look at like alexander hamilton they were they were they were kids when i know they, when they started out they, in, in this war as leaders of our country and soldiers that were you know literally defining our country it's were just children. crazy yeah it's just crazy you know? to me. so but yeah that, that i i just kind of wanted to briefly go over that because that's cool i was shocked to see that in my little town mm -hmm. in my little county lancaster county or lancaster there was all these things happening and that's just one small area yeah you know it's and where i lived it was it was about an hour i think an hour and 20 minutes away from gettysburg so in that space mm -hmm. between there and in lancaster and in gettysburg how much stuff has happened well yeah and i mean it's no wonder that you had residual in your house too oh, yeah. because you just have to consider it's not always the house it's the land so how much stuff happened 
in those right. 300 plus years of the East Coast building America, you mm-hmm. know, like there's going to be continual stuff right. over there. And just as this theater was formerly a, a, a prison, these houses weren't always houses. Right. They were other things. They, you know, they, they, they could have been a doctor's office. They, Who's to say what they were before we started record keeping? Yeah. Soldiers, we have no idea. Soldiers could come in and, and they... they you know, could have used the houses. That, yep. that was a normal thing yep. during during wartime. If they needed your house, they would use your house. Yep. You know, so you never know really what happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, we do have some documentarians out there that keep kept good track and it passes down, but it's just like the story of phone book and everything or the telephone. It just gets diluted over time. Well, like I said, before we even moved out there, like, you know, the Americans came from England, like, yeah, what happened yeah there's no just just like they were saying there's no prior um documentation sidebar of hawaii Mm -hmm. prior to settlers landing on there because the hawaiian language is only verbal back then i just had a a mind-blowing thing right now because you you were talking about that so we 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 talk about all the different paranormal creatures that are out there that, Mm -hmm. that are possibly out there pixies and fairies and and things like that would be something of somewhere like ireland right so you've got these people coming and immigrating to the U.S. from like Ireland and things like that back in the 1800s. Yeah. Think none of those spirits came with them? That would be cool. Think none of those pixies came with them? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what we're seeing in the East Coast. Maybe those little fairy-like creatures and stuff, maybe they're actually there on the East Coast because they came over with people. Mm, Think about cool. that. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Who knows? Yeah. I'd like to go find out some more. Me too. Yeah. Maybe you'll take me one of these days. Yeah, probably soon. <laughs> such a dick. I keep saying soon. He's such a dick, weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so my final story is uh, I chose the Hillview Manor. Oh, good one. You know this one? I, I think I've heard this one briefly. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So maybe if you have any memories or something, you can tell me I about it afterwards. I don't know if I've been, but uh, yeah. Well, just memories even of stories. Sure. So it was originally known as the Lawrence County Home for the Aged. So it opened its doors on October 19th of 1926. Another 1926 date, because if you remember, the Marquis de Lafayette visited Eastern State Penitentiary in 1926. Lafayette! So I'm just connecting it because I want to just keep bringing up Hamilton. <laughs> There's no connection there at all. Go for it. The date. Um, they renamed it to Hillview Manor on March 22nd of 1977. There was a lot of in-between nonsense and looked like bureaucratic bullshit from where they realized we should probably name it something nicer than home for the aged. Like, really? Like, that's not a nice thing to call people? Well, that's why I brought up, like, (laughs) you know, they would be like, oh, like, the, uh, for, for the insane, like, you know, for the criminally insane, like, do you know, it's just whatever don't do that don't name those things so they they change it because it just wasn't nice <laughs> right there was just a lot of nonsense and that's my summary gotcha the doors officially closed in 2004 so um it's now sits abandoned and some of the things that you can hear or experience if you visit this place all right, actually, I don't know if it's abandoned or not. I didn't do good research. <laughs> they might actually have stuff going on there. Um, so apparently doors slam shut. There's scratching, footsteps, pipes rattling, banging, objects moving, and voices. Oh, wow. One of the main spirits that they see 
or that you were supposed to see is a young boy that they've named Jeffrey that's supposedly around six or seven years old. However, you don't want to see Jeffrey. Why? Because if you see Jeffrey, you will die soon afterward. Oh, I hate when that happens. But the problem with that is in in my research and on other people's research, it was like there's there's not been anything that supports that this has happened, that someone has died when they saw Jeffrey. Isn't like, that always afterwards. the case, though? Like you rarely ever find that actually happens. I mean, there like are some things, but yeah, like it, if someone dies mysteriously, but it's made to look normal, would you even investigate it as mysterious? True. So... Of course, there wouldn't be anything stating that because if Jeffrey's sole intent is to kill people that look on him, do you really think he wants to get caught? Good point. Which tells me Jeffrey is not a six or seven year old boy. Ooh. I'm going to say Jeffrey something else. He, he makes himself look like something. Yep. Less assuming. Because Ooh. I know we, ha- yeah, because I know we have that young boy at Foxbridge Park that supposedly turns into a demon. That's what demons do. They yeah. change their shape to get you to feel comfortable coming up to them. No, <laughs> I don't want any of that. <laughs> that was scary. I was not prepared. Come here and play with me. That sounds like a, there is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> there is no Dana, only Zool. Yes! <laughs> Another movie reference. We should start making a paranormal drinking game <laughs> to see how many random movie references we make outside of the planned ones. Right. That'd be funny. <laughs> um, oh, there's also an older man that people see in the boiler room and he just tells people to leave. Like, yeah. get out of the boiler. I don't want you in here. Leave. Yeah. He's a very angry old man. Um, and then also... In room 105, it is said that there is a spirit of a woman named Mary Virginia who had previously stayed there. I didn't find really anything about what type of haunting happens with her, just that her presence has been felt. But I'm going, how do you know it's Mary Virginia? Right. There was nothing at all claiming that it was Mary Virginia, just that there was like a female presence. So who's to say it actually is Mary Virginia? Maybe somebody was in the spirit box and it told them. Yeah, like if you've had experiences in in um, room 105 with Mary Virginia, tell us because I am curious. Because right. to me it seems like, it. you know, I'd, I'd be curious to find out if it is Mary Virginia or if it's a different female spirit. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I guess that was in one of the rooms she stayed in or that was the room she stayed in apparently they have also caught a lot of evps there people that have investigated it's it's evp tastic from what i've read but again no proof of evps that i could find i probably could search harder but as i told josh earlier I was also researching for another episode and went down a Reddit rabbit hole. And y- y'all know what happens when you go down a Reddit rabbit hole. So it, I got real distracted and did not finish this. So my apologies. But if you've got <laughs> stories, you give me them so that I can learn the history. There you go. <laughs> um, and then also, um, there were some... Uh, little information about some people that have investigated. Uh, I guess the people of investigators have heard that there might, there's a piano playing because one of the okay. people that, that were in there before used to play the piano. So sometimes they'll hear it. Okay. And they also have heard running. 
And when they're like outside of the building and they know no one's in the building, they'll see people in the windows. Okay. And knowing that no one's in there. (laughs) I hate seeing things in windows. That's the hardest thing because it's like, it's always so scary. Like the one picture that I talked about that we no longer have from the clubhouse Mm -hmm. um, at my old work, that one was all window reflection. Yeah. And was the most terrifying photograph I have ever seen. How, how many times have you have you ever seen anything in a window like with your eyes, like with without using a photo or anything like that? I would say, I don't know if it's thankful or not thankful, but I have never outside of that woman in white when I was a child, and then the few th- times we've talked about where like we saw shadows. I have never actually seen a full body apparition in person mm. outside of those those times. So no, I I haven't seen stuff in reflections, but I have been avoiding looking at mirrors dire- directly lately because of poltergeist. Yeah, poltergeist 3 actually did that to me when I was a child. Mirrors have always terrified me. Have always. They're so like a portal. Yeah, and it's That's always a theory, right? Yeah, and to me, like uh if you see something in reflection, it's the same thing. It's just a lighter mirror. You know, you don't get as clear of a visual. So if something popped up, if I see something that looks a little different in reflections, I don't I don't look head on. I just keep walking. <laughs> Cause it's happened a couple times. And you know, it's one of those things too where they talk about is like, are you actually seeing something or is it that weird thing that happens with your eyes with peripherals? Right. Like the the, the eye matrixing and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just Try not to confirm anything. I neither confirm nor deny if there is a spirit or nothing at all. I just don't look. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I've i definitely seen things like that. I, I've seen things in windows. And it's, I don't know if it's maybe because I grew up, you know, for the first part of my life back east where I was around it all the time. But I mean, it was a it was common. Like I had a neighbor that was known to be a median. You know, oh, and would cool. do seances and psychic readings and tarot cards and everything. Like, that was a pretty normal thing. You know, it, it wasn't uncommon to hear ghost stories. It wasn't uncommon to hear so-and-so as a medium. You know, you'd always hear this stuff. Which is so weird because it being so spiritual in Hawaii, me growing up there and here in Vegas, like, if you tell anyone that you're like a, an investigator or you ghost hunt, it's like <laughs> you're crazy. Yeah, so it's like I just just getting involved in this podcast and getting involved in the community. What I am noticing is that that is actually accurate. That there is a community that's welcoming. Yeah, absolutely. But it's mainly in the East Coast and Midwest. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, they're experiencing it on a higher level than, than we are here. Yeah, and the majority of the groups that I've been finding and talking to are all in that area. And, of course, across the pond in other countries. Yeah, like, gonna... that's where it's even more prevalent. But it's it's just, it is, it's, it's, it's still what I've experienced growing up, that it's just more welcoming on that side well, of the United States. Think about this, though. So... In, on, on the east coast that's been there for hundreds of years you know that, that that that's all been developed for hundreds of years the west coast is a little bit less like you said nevada was we've only just hit 100 years not too long ago yeah you go across the pond to the uk and ireland and scotland 
Now you're talking millennia. <laughs> you go to Japan. That goes on. That dates back forever. Yeah, I know. All that history there. There has to be things that are they're playing back. Right. It does. It, it makes sense. It has to be the only thing. That, I don't. I don't know. I just get. I get, I get lost in thinking about all of this sometimes. Yeah. So I don't know. I could just keep going on and on. That's why we have a podcast now. <laughs> we just like to talk. That's pretty much all this is. We just sit on a couch and talk to each other. Yeah. We've got we've got the Dax Shepherd thing going on here. We do. Kinda. Mm-hmm. Only he's got way more followers and stuff. And he has a hotter wife than you do. I don't know about <laughs> that. Christabel is so cute. I love her so much. So is my wife. Anyways. Uh so yeah, if you've got any stories about your experiences in Pennsylvania. It doesn't need to be anything that we talked about today. And we're probably going to do the same thing I talked about doing with Hawaii. We'll probably have other episodes because there's more. Absolutely. There's way more that's going on. We barely touched the the tip of the iceberg with yeah. Pennsylvania. We're just kind of scratching the surface on all this and kind of feeling testing out the waters. And, you know, let's see what you guys want to hear. If you want to hear more stories about Pennsylvania, if you've got stories, let us know. We'll research them further. We'll really dive into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so much out there. And we're going to have story time with Sasquatch very soon here. Right. I bet y'all are going, what? Yeah. It's not as exciting as you think, but it's a funny story. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, if you've got your stories, hometown haunts, you live in Pennsylvania, you visited Pennsylvania, you want to tell us about Pennsylvania, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. And if you've got pictures <gasps> of your investigations or things that you've seen in Gettysburg or anything like that, you can send those as well. That's great. EVPs, as you've heard, we will play them. We've played our own. Absolutely. And then please feel free to follow us. We do have social media. We've got Facebook and Instagram. Those are both Baronormal Podcast as well. Baronormal Podcast. And I think we're on like Spotify and Stitcher and everything essentially but Apple Podcasts. We're not official yet with them. Um, but we will please be. feel free to follow, um, share this. Yeah, absolutely. If you know you if you've got stories or if even if you have someone who has stories, I'm sure they want to hear their stories. Be told. We will tell them. Or maybe they want to be interviewed. Oh yeah, we can interview too. We like that. We do live interviews as you have heard. All right, weirdos. All right, weirdos. So until next time. Oh, oh, also <laughs> I know this outro ever. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I always remember it. It's always it's, great. it's always side stuff. I know. I love it. So uh, we made some new friends with a band. Oh yeah, this band is called Prawn Queen, and by prawn I mean like the thing that looks like shrimp, not prom. Like scrimps. Yeah, like scrimps, like prawn queen. We're gonna have scrimps. And so cool news. We uh we don't have it yet, but they sent us a, a snippet. Yeah, we got we got some we new are, music coming we're in. We're getting uh we're getting a theme song made. So very excited. We will share that whenever we get it. Right, and check out Prawn Queen. Yeah, they are also on Spotify. So P R A W N and then Queen, you know, like Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Or Ellen John. Queen Mary. Or Ellen John. Queens of the Stone Age. Or queen. Uh, queen. Or queen. Like queen. <laughs> yeah. Freddie Mercury. The yeah. best queen of all. Well, 
I'm sure. Watch Eddie, your mouth. I'm sure Eddie Izzard would fight for that title. Oh, that's a that's a good one too. Thank you. Anyways, weirdos. All right, we're gonna weirdos. keep going on forever. We well, will. We're gonna have to end this because we're just gonna keep <laughs> nonsense talking. So, until next time. Until next time, weirdos. Stay spooky and stuff. Stay weird. Ooh, spooky. We are the weirdos, Mister. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.